You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. So today we're going to look at Hebrews 6. Last week we looked at Hebrews 3. Today we're going to look at Hebrews 6, the exegesis of Hebrews 6. So last week, at least, we realized that there were three categories of audience that the Hebrew writer was addressing, right? Oh, right? Okay, so who can tell us? Or how can we all echo? Yes, first category, believers, Mm -hmm. non-believers, and the unconvinced. Okay, good. Now... Um, were they all Jews? Were they all Jews? Okay, all of them were Jews. Okay, good. So, that is very key. That is very what? Key to our understanding. Okay. Can we pray? Father, we thank you once again for the opportunity to share fellowship. Thank you for grace made available always and always, working in us through us. Thank you so much for clarity of thought, clarity of understanding, clarity of purpose. Thank you for delivery in context. With great positioning of accurate, precise understanding, no one is going to go astray. Everyone shall have good understanding and shall follow due process. We pray that Jesus is exalted in this and we are built up in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So Hebrews 6. We're going to read from verse 1 to 10. All right, let's all go together. Go. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God and of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. Next. And this we will do if God permits. (laughs) For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened. Now, this is the problem text. 
this is the text that confuses a lot of people. And it is on this text. As a matter of fact, it is one of the major texts that people argues, argue against once saved, forever saved. Yes. Now, in going into it, you are going to learn a lot of things in the book of Hebrews. What it stands for, what it's addressing, what it's looking at, you're going to learn a lot. So I want you to pay attention. So don't just have your mind on the one saved, forever saved. Yes, we're going to arrive there for you to understand. But there's a lot you're going to learn. Amen. Okay. So let's take it again. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of, the, of God and the powers of the world to come. If they shall fall away, to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open share. For the earth which drinketh in the rain that cometh oft from it and bringeth forth herbs, meat for them by whom it is dressed, receiveth blessing from God. But that which beareth thorns and breasts is rejected and is nigh unto cursing, whose end is to be burned. But beloved, we are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation. Though we thus speak, for God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have shewed toward his name, in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. Praise God. So for most of, 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 of believers, when they read the scripture, what they say is that you can lose your salvation. Right. So we are going to look into the text and be able to clear all doubts so that we can be sure that our salvation is intact. Amen. Is that very clear? Now, in order to read in context, the first thing that you observe is Therefore, it means the person was saying something before. So we would have to go back to understand what he was saying what before. Is that very clear? All right. So, it means we have to go to Hebrews 5, right? Okay, good. So, we're going to look into 
them from one verse to the other. All right? Yes. If I write you a letter and you are reading the letter, you can't jump the letter and pick something in the middle and say that is what the letter means. True or false? You have to read the whole of what? The letter. From the introduction to the end, then you would understand everything that I wanted to communicate. Is that very clear? All right. So Hebrews 5, 1. For every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sin. So, he talks about the high priest. Clear. His lineage and office to offer gifts. Sacrifices of sins, Right? So he's laying the foundation for his audience. The high priest, his lineage, and his function. Clear. Hebrews 5, 2, 3. Go. Who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way? For that he himself also is compassed with infirmity. And by reason thereof, he ought, as for the people, so also for himself to offer for sins. So we see that the high priest of the Old Testament needed atonement just like the people he was atoning for. Is that very clear? Do you see it there? Okay. Four. And no man taketh this honor unto himself, but he that is called of God, as was Aaron. So we know that the one he was talking about is who? Aaron. Five and six. So also Christ glorified not himself to be made an high priest, but he that said unto him, Thou art my son, today have I begotten thee, as he saith also in another place. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So he now refers to the high priesthood of Jesus. Is that very clear? And actually said that Jesus was not born as a high priest. In other words, he was not born in the lineage of the high priest as who? Aaron. Is that very clear? Yes. Okay. He quoted from two Old Testament scriptures. Psalm 2 verse 7. Psalm 110 verse 4. I will declare the decree. The Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son. This day have I what? Begotten. And then verse, um, verse 6 speaks to um, Psalm 110 verse, verse 4. So he quoted them in verse 5 and verse 6. So verse 6, Psalm 110 verse 4. The Lord has sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. All right? 
Now, he actually quoted some 2 verse 7 also in Hebrews 1, 5 and 6. Hebrews 1, 5 and 6. For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. You see that scripture again there? Okay, good. And again, I will be unto him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he said, let all the angels of God worship him. Is that very clear? So you can see that he's referring to Jesus' resurrection. Is that very clear? Yes. That's where we became sons. Is that correct? Yes. He became God's first son in resurrection. So the first model, okay, what we call the prototokos. Is that very clear? So God's first word, son, of which we became. He became the model and we followed in that model. Are you getting the point? That's why we are glorified beings. Jesus. Paul would tell them, don't behave like mere men. Because you are not a mere man. You are in the model of the Christ. You are in the God class. In a human body. Very soon you are going to shed off this body. And you'll be in your full regalia. Praise God. So we can see that Jesus' high priesthood was upon his resurrection. Is that very clear? Yes. And he was not born a high priest. Rather, he was made a high priest of the new covenant at the resurrection. At the what? At the what? Resurrection. Is that very clear? Okay, good. That high priesthood was after the order of Melchizedek, not after the order of Aaron. Is that very clear? Okay. We'll see this actually as we look carefully in Hebrews 5, 5 to 10. Let's read Hebrews 5, 5 to 10. Let's all read it together. Go. So also Christ glorified not himself to be made an high priest. But he said unto him, Thou art my son. Today I have begotten thee. And as he said unto him in another place, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, who in the days of his flesh, mm -hmm, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that he was able to save him from death and was head in that he feared though he were a son yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered and being perfect he became the author of eternal salvation unto all men that obey him called of God and high priest after the order of so you can see he's actually going to detail regarding the high priesthood of Christ. Is that very clear? Yes. And he said, those who obeyed him, he mediated on their behalf. Okay? They obeyed him there is obeying the gospel. Is that very clear? Those who receive the gospel. All right. So what was obtained through the mediation was what? Eternal salvation. Is that very clear? Okay, good. Let's look at Hebrews 5, 7. Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him, 
that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. So this, he was talking about the time that Jesus was um, um, in the garden of Gethsemane. Is that very clear? When, when he was praying and was interceding um, and, and making sure that he aligned himself to what he was going to do. That's what he was referring to. In that he feared. Are you getting it? Is that very clear? Okay. So this is historical. The author is referring to when he prayed at Gethsemane. All right. We look at the Matthew 26, 36 to 39, and then Luke 22, 40 to 44. I don't have to read it. So write it down, go and read it. Let's go to Hebrews 5, 8 to 9. Though he were a son, yet lended obedience by the things which he suffered and being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that what? Obeyed him. Okay. So he speaks of Jesus' obedience. Is that correct? The things he suffered and how he became the author of eternal salvation to them that what? Obey him. So Jesus' high priesthood authored what? Eternal salvation. Okay. Let's go to 10. Called of God and high priest after what? The order of Melchizedek. So you can see that Psalm 110 verse 4 is here again quoted. Is that very clear? So you can see that constantly, continuously, he is looking at what Jesus birthed through his high priesthood. And he started in comparison to that of Aaron's high priesthood. Is that very clear? Is, is that very clear? Okay. So I want you to see the context. The line of conversation. Okay. Because it is in that you are going to find understanding. Let's go to 11. Hebrews 5, 11. Of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. This is very key. Who can tell me why this is very key? Yes. That's that's very good. That's very good. Yes. Okay. Good. Very good. So, I want you to pay attention. So, of whom? Who is of whom? Christ. Because he's moved from speaking about Aaron. And he's now speaking about whose high priesthood? Christ. So he was speaking of Christ before he said of whom? Is that very clear? So it can be another character apart from Christ. Okay. So he's speaking about Jesus, the first begotten. 
at the resurrection. His high priesthood, the people he mediated for, in other words, them that receive the gospel, them that obey. And then what his mediation obtained for them, which is eternal what? Salvation. So he says, in this, there are many things, deeper things I have to tell you. But I can't say them because I, is, it, is it coming clear? <laughs> Take your time. So, all right. So, so, can you see that the person has something? You know, Jesus told them, I have many things. So, you see, the Hebrew writer is speaking like Jesus was speaking. Okay. So, now. He said, hard to be uttered. Let's look at the word hard. So you see now, we've stopped. Can you realize that? We are now going to look into what he said. And then we can continue. Is that very clear? Good. So we're going to look at hard to be uttered. So the word hard. Translated from the Greek word, dosemenitos. Dissemenitus. It was de derived from another Greek word called hemeno. It means to have a difficulty in explanation. Difficulty in explanation. And then the word uttered the word uttered, translated from the Greek word lego, it implies to speak to a conclusion. So it is not in ambiguity to speak to something in what? Conclusion. Knowing a matter. And speaking to its conclusion without a doubt. Is that very clear? It, it is the same word Jesus used in John 16, 12. I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them what? Now. So you see, in other words, Jesus knew those things. But he did not say. He did not let go them. Because of the present state of his audience. That's why he said, you cannot bear them what? Now. Is that very clear? Okay. So this was the same issue the writer was facing here. Calling his audience dull of hearing. Now, this implies that he could not freely speak to his audience about Jesus' resurrection, his ascension into heaven, his high priesthood, what he obtained through his high priesthood, 
that is eternal salvation, because of their present state, that is, they are being dull of hearing. Is that very clear? We understood in context what he was telling them before he said he had many things to say. So what he had to say can be out of what he was discussing. So he's saying that what I'm discussing, Jesus, his resurrection, his high priesthood, what the high priesthood obtained, are you getting up and fetch for us? There are deeper things I need to tell you. But I can't tell you because of the dullness of your hearing. Is that very clear? Okay. So the issue, therefore, was their reception. Understanding. Mindset. And not that they did not know or could not explain those things to them. We're talking about both Jesus and the Hebrew writer. Is that very clear? The issue here is not that the Hebrew writer did not know what he wanted to say or could not explain it. He knew what he wanted to say. He had the depth of understanding of what he wants to say. He actually can go into the details of the matter. He knows it into conclusion. But he could not say them because of the people he's speaking to. Their receptivity of what he's saying. Their mindset. Are you getting the point? Uh-huh. Is that very clear? Okay, so sometimes like a pastor can go through that. There are certain things you want to say, but at a certain stage of your congregation, you can say parents also do say. Sometimes you want to tell your children certain things, but at the stage they are, they can't receive it. Is that very clear? So verse 11 clearly explains what the writer was saying from um, chapter 5 into chapter 6. So it is the link between the two chapters. The dullness of what? Hearing. Is that very clear? Oh no, is that very clear? That's why I told you that let's really take a look at this one because it's very important to understanding the text we are dealing with. Okay? So let's look at the word dull. Dull. Translated from the Greek word notros. Unwillingness. Unwillingness. The same word was used in Romans 12, 11. Unwillingness. Dull of hearing, therefore, means one unwilling to hear. <laughs> Are you here? 
Can you see? It changes the dynamics to a certain level. They are unwilling to what? To hear. The word hear is the word akoe. Akoe. It's not akoe. It means something has been said. A message was communicated. This was used severally in the Greek. In the Greek text of the Bible. I mean, I've written several, several, several. Matthew 4, 24. Write all of them down. Matthew 13, 14. Matthew 24, 6. It's a very popular word like its meaning. It was normally used for good news, for rumors, something heard, something taught or preached. It's like a report that is going round. Are you getting it? So, akoe means a message in the picture. Something being said, going around. It implies what takes your attention. Hebrews 4.2 he also used it in that, in that text. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with what? Faith in them, that what? Had it. Had it. Okay, so those he spoke about here were unbelievers. Their response to the gospel that was preached to them, which they heard, was what? Unbelief. In this particular text. Is that very clear? Oh, is that very clear? Okay, good. So look at 5.9, Hebrews 5.9. It will show you the difference between the two. And being perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that were. So you see, some had, they received, they what? Obeyed. Is that very clear? Others had, they did not what? Receive. Difficulty in hearing. Unwilling to receive. Okay. The word obey was translated from the Greek word hupakuo. 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 
It implies to respond positively to a message. So it means that eternal salvation is for those who believed willingly. So, clearly from what we have gone through right now, we can see that those who were referred to as dull of hearing were what? Unbelievers. Is that very clear? Now we can go from there to Hebrews 5, 12 to 13. Can we now go? Can we continue? Okay. So we are continuing. Have we settled the case of dull of hearing? And now we know the category of people he was talking to. That he had many things to say. But he cannot go into them. Is that correct? Okay. Because of their state. Hebrews 5, 12 and 13. For when, for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. And are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Hello? That's why I said exegesis is amazing. Because it will clear. So, can you see the progression of the conversation? So, some of the things you saw there, that you see them in reference to believers, now you have to change how you see it. Is that very clear? So, observe the use of the word. Need that one teach you again. And for the time you ought to be teachers. Note it. Write it down. Need that one teach you again. And for the time you ought to be teachers. We need to look at this closely. So it means that the essence of the writer teaching them, his audience, was for them to firstly understand the things he taught, right? Believe the same, right? And then be able to teach others also. But he had to teach them what? Again. Watch. 
using the first principles of the oracles of God. And he called the same what? Milk. And referred to them as what? Babes. <laughs> so what did he mean by first principles of the oracles of God? Let's look into it. Do you think we need to look into it? Oh, do you think so? Okay, good. So the word oracles was translated from the Greek word logion. Meaning utterances. Utterances. Now from the law first mentioned, the very first time in the book of Hebrew, where utterances or speaking was mentioned is seen, you know where? Hebrews 1. Is that correct? Verse 1 to 2. God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake. Clear. Eh? Yes. In time past, unto the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken unto us by what? His son, whom he has appointed heir of all things. Yeah? By whom also he made the well. So the word spoke there is the word utterance. Is that, is that very clear? Okay, good. So, from our intro, we spoke about it. And we said that it was the prophets that spoke to the fathers about God. Clear? When God spoke, he spoke in what? His son. <laughs> Good. Hence, firstly, we have what the prophet said. Again, the same word, say, sorry, the word spoken was translated from the Greek word lalio. Everybody say lalio. Which implies to do what? To speak. Now watch this. What the prophet said, again, used that same word lalio, which was used in chapter 2. Hebrews 2.2. 2. Look at it. Look at Hebrews 2.2. 2. Are you there? What does he say? So the word what? Spoken. Spoken what? By what? Angels. Was steadfast. And every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of? Okay. Secondly, we have what angels said. Is that not it? Okay. What did the writer mean by the word spoken by Angels. The next statement gives us a lead. What did he say? Oh, read it. Let's boldly. Okay, so what does that mean? What do you think that means? Definitely. Look at the word transgression. You know the word transgression is parabasis. 
Write it down. To violate, to break, to sidestep a principle. That's the same word Paul used in Romans chapter 12 regarding how disobedience, sin, entered. Okay. Is that very clear? Good. Transgression. And then, go ahead, go ahead. Parakoye is, trans, uh, is, is disobedience. Refusal to heed to. You know that Paul went through all these to explain to us how Adam sinned. Is that very clear? Yes. The word just is endicos, accordingly, equitably. Balance. What they sowed is what they what, reaped. Is that very clear? Yes. Go to Hebrews 11.26. You see that the writer used it there too. Concerning Moses. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had what? Respect unto what? So this one was used in a positive light. The other one was used in the negative light. True or false? Come with me, oh. Are you going with me? Are you with me? We are going into the, into the word. Yeah? Yes, we are going into what happened with regards to the utterances. You know that. And then how the word was what? Used. Is that, are you getting a point? Yes. So that, you see, sometimes I tell you that if you look at the book of Hebrew or you look at the book of Corinthians, a word will be used there. And how the word is used is very different from how the word may be used in another place. And so if you're not careful and you're using it to actually explain certain things somewhere else, you can have problems. Is that very clear? Because the writer has adopted the word to explain things, to mean certain things he wants to say. Is that very clear? That's why I said exegesis is very important, so important. It, it moves you away from using words wholesale. Okay? Wholesale. And so it can show you that, okay, if you look through the whole Bible you realize that this word is used in this way. But then if you get to Corinthians or Hebrew, you realize that this word is used in this way. So it will give you the specific intention of the writer. Is that very clear? You know that when you get into a certain culture, there are certain words you coin. And it is you and those you are conversing with that understand. Everybody else uses that word somewhere, but they use it in another way. Is that very clear? So we see that in Hebrews 2, 2, he was speaking to unbelievers. How they did not receive the word. Is that very clear? And therefore, they received a just recompense of the reward of unbelief. Is that clear? Okay? 
And then he spoke about the angels. And so we're going to look into that as well. That's what we are looking into. With Moses, the just recompense of reward, he obeyed. Is that very clear? Yes. He believed. Is that very clear? Wonderful. Okay. So you can see that his action, that is Moses' action, was faith. And that's what the Hebrew writer was trying to tell us. So it is belief. So we see a just recompense of reward for unbelief. And we also see a just recompense of reward for what? Is that very clear? Okay. Now, notice the same words, oracles, which we said utterances. <laughs> And sometimes used as speak. Look at how it was used in the book of Acts. In reference to angels. In reference to what? Let's all read Acts 7.38. Go. This is he. That, he. that was in the church in the wilderness. You know what was happening here? Stephen. When Stephen was being stoned, okay, yes, he preached the gospel. Is that very clear? Okay, good. Let's go ahead. And the angel which spoke to him, mm-hmm, so you see that it was not God who spoke. You see, it was not God who spoke to Moses. It was an Let's continue. Who received what? The what? The what? The lively oracles to give unto us. Don't forget who he was speaking to. Jewish people, his brethren. So he was not talking to believers. Hey, are you here? His brother's Jews, they were the ones stoning him because they felt he was blaspheming. So it can't be believers. So unto us, does he mean he was talking to believers? So definitely, he's talking about the law. Is that clear? Oh, is that clear? Because it was on Mount Sinai that Moses received the law. So you can see that God did not give them the law. Are you here? This is just by the side. But we are looking at how the word utterances was used. Referring to what? Angels. Is that very clear? Okay? Which is the word oracle. Is that clear? Okay, good. Acts 7.53 Who have received the law by the disposition of angels and have not kept it, kept it. So in the context of the book of Hebrews chapter 2, we discuss that Jesus and the angels 
Speaking in particular about his humanity, flesh and blood. You remember that? As he was praying in Gethsemane. Is that is it clear? Okay. Hebrews 2.16. Look at what he says. Sorry. It's, it's, I'm sorry. He's speaking to Hebrews 2.16. For very, very, verily, he took not on himself the nature of what? Angels. So he was comparing angels and Christ as to the seed of Abraham. That he came by the biological seed, natural seed of Abraham. Is that very clear? So Jesus did not come as an angel. He didn't come in the nature of angels. He came in the nature of men, humanity, flesh and what? Blood. To redeem man. Is that very clear? So, if you look at Hebrews 3, 4 to 6, look at something. You will see that the Hebrew writer is distinguishing between Jesus and Moses. Which makes us understand the distinction between the, the, the law and grace. Jesus, who represents grace. Moses, who represents what? The law. All of this is to help us understand what the oracles meant. And the reference to angels brought in also meant. Is that very clear? So we can know exactly what was going on and what kind of people he was talking to. Is that very clear? Okay. Look at Hebrews 3, 4 to 6. For every house is builded by some man. This is what I've told you every time. God will always use a man. Is that very clear? That's what he's saying. Every house. The house here actually represents like an order. A household, family, pattern. Are you getting it? But he that built all things is God. <laughs> and Moses verily was faithful in all his house. As, watch this, as a servant. So Moses was a servant. For a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. So the servanthood here is not as in Moses just serving God. No. But as to be a witness to what Christ is coming to do. Is that very clear? So like I'm saying, you must be careful about the use of words. Because if you see here servant and you think that it just meant that, oh, he was a servant, he was serving God, that is not what he meant. Okay? That John said that, I am not the light. I am a witness to the light. Is the same thing that the, the writer is saying here. Is that very clear? Good. Let's go ahead. So, in this, he called Moses faithful. That what Moses had to do he did it regarding to bearing witness of grace. Is that clear? All right, let's go ahead. But Christ as a son. So you see the distinction. Christ as what? So Christ is what? So Moses played the role of what? A servant. Projecting 
a son. Now, Moses, watch this. In all his house as a servant, a testimony to those things which he is spoken after. But Christ, a son over his own house. So he means he's an heir. It belongs to him. He is not bearing witness to anyone. He is bearing witness of what? Himself. Ah, Kadoza. Can you get it? All right. And then he says, Whose house what? Are we? Watch. We've re- we- we- <laughs> if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. This is what we explained last week. Is that very clear? Uh-huh. Okay. So, whose house we are. So, the we are came before the holding fast too. So, what we have been made is why we are holding fast. Is that very clear? <laughs> All right. Okay. So, you see, he's speaking regarding Moses and his house again in Hebrews 8.5. <clears throat> you see it. But let's look at Hebrews 10.1. And, and for me, that's very important. Are you there? For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not in the very image of the things, can never, with those sacrifices, which they offered year by year, continually make the comers thereunto perfect. Is that very clear? So you can see that, Every time he's referring to Moses' ministry, he talks about building, tabernacle, a shadow. And even in Hebrews 10.1, he called it the law, a shadow of good things to come. That did not perfect. So you can see clearly that the word spoken by angels was in reference to the law. Clear. Galatians 3.19 confirms this. Let's all go to Galatians 3.19. Wherefore then severed the law? It was added because of transgressions. Do you remember? A just recompense. Eh? Reward. Of what? Their this and their what? Transgression. Is that very clear? So what this? Wherefore then severed the law? It was added because of transgressions. Till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. And it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. Not the mediator. So what angels said in Hebrews 2.2 is in reference to the law of Moses. Is that clear? So what the writer referred to as the first principles of the oracles of God was the prophets in Hebrews 1.1 and the law of Moses in Hebrews 2.3. Is that very clear? The reason why I'm going through all of this is that for most of us, 
Anytime we read Hebrews 5. Is it at 12, right? Yes. We actually saw something else. As the first principles, I've seen many teach it, and when they teach it, they teach it as the basics of salvation. Is that very clear? Can I go on now? So the writer in teaching them again, using the first principles of the oracles of God, he was referring to either what the prophet said unto the fathers or what the angel said to Moses. That is the law of Moses in his explanations. Now, however, when you read the book of Hebrews, you discover this. He mentions the prophets only two times. Hebrews 1.1. 1, 1. In other words, what they said and then Hebrews 11, for their individual response of faith in what God told them, true or false. But watch this. It, don't make a, listen, 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 listen. I'm, I, I can see where your problem is. The law and the prophets are not the same, So you see, do you know that? They are not the same. The five books of Moses is what you call the law. Clear. And then you have the rest from Joshua judges the prophets. Is that, is that, is that clear? Yes, some categorize the major prophets, minor prophets, whatever, but the prophets. So what he was actually referring to is the law of Moses. So the law of what? Is that very clear? So in talking to the word spoken by angels, he spoke extensively. So you can see that the Hebrew writer spoke ex extensively about the law. You see, the things that was happening in the tabernacle, the high priesthood atonement, the features, the elements, how the worship was done. Can you realize he was... So those were the first principles. Are you getting it? Of the oracles of God. Is that very clear? So, you can see that he was speaking mostly of how the atonement happened. And that's what the book of Hebrew is all about. How sin was pardoned in the old. Praise God. And how Christ has made full what? Oh, is that it? All he wanted to say is, you see, there's so much he had to say to them. But he had to use these types and shadows of this law of Moses 
to open them up to the truth because I'm willing to hear. <laughs> Is that very clear? And that's why he said he had to go over and what? Okay, so you can see. Let's, let's go. I want us to go into it. So, give me the next. In talking about the word spoken by angels, write it down. He spoke extensively from chapter 1 to chapter 11 about angels. Hebrews 1 and 2. Hebrews 3, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12. The law and its practices. Hebrews 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. You see, the Aaronic priesthood, the high priesthood, sacrifices, offerings, washings, atonements, sprinklings of blood, etc. He referred to this mode of communication as milk. Hello? This is what he called what? Milk. <laughs> and that's why he called them babes. In other words, they don't understand spiritual things. You see the way he spoke to the Ephesian church. <laughs> is that the way the Hebrew writer is speaking to the, his audience? You see a repetition of types and what? Shadows. The oracles of angels. Over and over and over again. So he referred to them as babes and being unskillful, watch this, in the word of righteousness. Are you here? In the word of what? Righteousness. In the gospel proper, where explaining and expounding, are you getting the point? The gospel proper, they can't. He can't go straight. He cannot. The word milk is the Greek word gala. You know, Paul used the same word in 1 Corinthians 3 2. The word babes is the word nepios or nepios, undeveloped. 
Paul used the same word again, babes, in 1 Corinthians 3.1 and then Romans 2.20. So you see, what the writer was explaining in the Hebrews 5.12, please project it for me. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. Watch this. What he was actually trying to say is this. Rather than freely speak to you about the son, his resurrection, his ascension into heaven, High priesthood, eternal salvation, which he obtained for them that have believed in the gospel, he has to use type and shadows. Figures of speech in his explanation to them. Is that very clear? Oh, is that very clear? <laughs> Look at Hebrews 5.14. We are coming back. See, we are back. <laughs> Let's all read it. Go. But strong meat belongeth to them that are full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and... Did you get that now? You are Nepios. Not you. Okay. Don't be Nepios. So, to them that are full age, the word there is telios. Telios, full of age. Growth accomplished. So, he was referring to those who have, who have matured or better put accomplished. So, now, what are the many things he had to say? What are the many things he had to say? If he was speaking to the nature, he would have gone ahead to speak the many things, which means everything that Jesus made available by his obedience sacrifice and ascension into heaven. In other words, at the right hand of the Father in the place of authority. He mentioned only one of them. Eternal salvation in Hebrews 5, 9. He couldn't go into details. Because of their Listen to me, because of their unwillingness 
to hear, dullness of hearing, he had to first talk about the prophets. Angels. Moses. Israel in Kadesh Barnea. Aaron. The Levitical priesthood. The tabernacle. The law. Its sacrifices and its practices. Just to try and bring them to a place of understanding. So you see the prophets, chapter 1, angels, chapter 1 and 2, Moses, chapter 3, 4, Israel in Kadesh Barnea, chapter 3 and 4, Aaron, chapter 5, Leviticus priesthood, chapter 7, the tabernacle, 8 and 9, and then the law, its sacrifices and its practices, chapter 6, 8, 9. He was just communicating in a way <laughs> that would make them, is taking them from the known to the unknown. To the unknown. Is that very clear? Okay. All right. So, we have looked at Hebrews 5. Next week, we are going to look at Hebrews 6, where the problem scripture itself is. So you see, with this understanding, you'll be able to know what exactly he was saying in Hebrews. Chapter 6, exactly verse 4 to 6. Is that very clear? So go and listen to it. Grace, glorious grace. At the cross, you called it finished. Thank you for listening to Grace Bills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor, Caris Center International. We believe the word has begun a good work in you. May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life. Caris Center International, living heaven on earth. <laughs>